We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It is a heavy hump day here on Home and Home. Got a lot of heavy content we're getting to. We are a radio.com sports original Home and Home brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Try ZipRecruiter for free right now. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. We're going to talk to Daniel Castro in just a bit. Some very interesting reporting looking into the shooting of David Ortiz in his native Dominican Republic. I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker, home in Pennsylvania. First, another casual baseball question to you, Ross Tucker. We had an injury for the Yankees in a celebration, a bottle injury. No word yet if it'll keep Araldis Chapman out of their next series against either the Rays or the Astros. But you, Ross, as a casual baseball fan, are you sick and tired of every single celebration, every wild card win, every division championship, the same celebration, the same marketed goggles, the plastic goes up over the lockers, I love baseball. I have grown tired of that, especially when guys are getting hurt. Or do you still like it? So, first of all, I, how did he actually get hurt? Do we know? They're not They're not providing a lot of details other than that it was a champagne bottle that cut the hand. Okay. And then I'm kind of with you. I, you know, I love watching them act like kids and, and enjoy themselves. But after a wild card win, when they literally just did the celebration sometimes like three days earlier for the fact that they clinched the wild card berth, it just seems like a lot. Like, how about you wait till you actually win the World Series? You might have heard of it. Like, wait till that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've just, they've grown so repetitive and they're so marketed now. I remember covering them. Way back, I guess my first was in 2004 when, yes, it was the Red Sox winning a World Series. And and when they celebrated after beating the Yankees down three zip, it felt genuine. There were no branded goggles. There was one guy, I think, that had goggles. But everything felt spontaneous then. And now it feels so planned and so prepared for. It really has kind of lost its luster. Now, granted, when Tampa Bay makes the playoffs, I get that. I feel that. Lowest payroll in baseball, but when you're the Yankees, man, and you got that payroll, when you got Murderers Row, All Stars down the lineup, wait till the World Series. We agree on that. Uh, speaking of the Yankees, David Ortiz will be in New York, uh, back with the Fox baseball team when the, the Yankees still not sure who they're playing, whether it's the Rays or the Astros, but Ortiz was on Seth Meyers late last night on NBC and talked about the reception he is expecting at Yankee Stadium. Listen to this. What do you think, how do you think the Yankee Stadium fans will treat you? Because I know at Fenway Park, they've been very kind to people like Mariano Rivera, Derek Jeter, some of their great adversaries over the last uh, decade plus. Do you think you'll be treated well this week, this weekend? Well, this week? last time I heard it, it was like planning moon me. The, the fans were going to moon yeah. you? How many are gonna? 50,000 moon. All 50,000? You're talking about 100,000 butchie out there, yeah. like, looking at me. And hey. I, 
I've been to two, three, <laughs> six, eight. I've been to Yankee Stadium. They're not all A plus butts. <laughs> there, there's some bad butts in that stadium. Oh, try to unsee that, Tucker. One hundred thousand butt cheeks at Yankee Stadium <laughs> for the American. Quick math. That was quick math by Ortiz. <laughs> Yes, there was. And it would be one hell of an image. Let's talk more about David Ortiz, the other side of Ortiz and the shooting that he experienced in the Dominican Republic recently with our friend Daniel Castro, writes for a lot of publications, Miami Herald included, and wrote this great story for the Bleacher Report about David Ortiz being shot in his native Dominican. Daniel Castro joining us from New Orleans. Good to see you, Dave Briggs and Ross Tucker. If you ki- if you could first... Take us to the Dominican and and give us some context on just how big, how popular, how beloved David Ortiz is in his native country. Yeah, uh, well, again, thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I think, uh, you know, one of the things that I learned was that, uh, you know, a lot of people I talk to, especially people who uh, baseball writers and things like that, um, you know, would, you know, would compare Ortiz to other legends like Pedro Martinez, uh, Vladimir Guerrero, or even Sammy Sosa, you know, and, it, and it's clear that, um, you know, obviously Sammy Sosa hit more home runs than David Ortiz, but uh, for, for, for different reasons that some of which I go into the piece, um, you know, he is, he, he seems to be the most beloved of, uh, you know, Dominican baseball legend there. Um, and I think, a lot of that just has to do with his personality and his charisma, um, you know, and, and again, part of what I go to go into in the piece is just the way he relates to people in the street. And, and, and he has this kind of reputation of being a guy who's just a normal guy who, you know, will will kind of talk to you if you go up to him and will take a selfie with you. And, you know, uh, you know, part of that is is caused some issues for him as I as I you know, go into the piece. Yeah, yeah, so l- let's go back, Daniel, for people, because it's been a while now. Can you just kind of yeah. set the scene of exactly what happened to David Ortiz, where he was, why he was in the – obviously, he's from there. But just set yeah. the scene just as a refresher for people. Yeah, so it was uh, Sunday, June 9th, and he was at the uh, – he was hanging out with uh, with his friend Joel Lopez, who's a, a really popular te- television host in the DR. And uh, they were uh, they had been hanging out all day with I, I guess with Ortiz's kids and with his brother. And then in the afternoon, uh, they decided to have a drink at the Dial Bar, you know. And and I think uh, when people, you know, a, a lot of the reporting that came out afterwards, you know, the Dial Bar was sort of people were talking about it as it was as if it was some kind of like CD you know, club and, oh, Ortiz was at a nightclub. It's a terrace um, on, you know, on a street in a residential area in, on the east side of Santo Domingo um, where lots of really uh, prominent people in Santo Domingo go every Sunday. It's, it's like a tradition um, for this group of people. You know, some people have reserved tables and, you know, among, you know, sitting at those reserved tables are government officials, bankers, uh, obviously really, you know, prominent people in Santo Domingo. And yeah, Ortiz was there. I guess he got there around seven um, and was there for for about maybe two hours, uh, you know, just sitting on a table on the sidewalk, right right next to the sidewalk, uh, right next to Joel Lopez. Um, when uh, this man came up to him, you know, walked down the sidewalk and fired a single gunshot. 
you know, that hit him in the back, cut through, cut through him and hit Joe Lopez in the leg. Um, and, you know, and, and the gun, I guess the guy tried to fire again, but the gun jammed, you know, and, and after the first shot, there was actually like a, a plume of, of smoke. You can see it on the video. And some of the security experts I talked to, you know, basically you said that was a sign that it was either, you know, a defective gun or a defective bullet, you know? So it, there, obviously there's a lot that goes into this whole scene. And, and there was a man sitting there before who was taking pictures of Ortiz on his phone and he sent the pictures to the shooter and, 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 you know, Ortiz and, and Sixto Fernandez. I guess a lot of what I heard was that just the, the planning and the way this whole thing was carried out, uh, you know, one of my sources in, in the piece says that it, it went out, went against all criminal logic for lots of different reasons. And, and you talk about David Ortiz being a man of the people. I can attest that's a guy yeah. that, that will hug reporters or, or take selfies. That's whether he's in Boston right. or Miami or or the Dominican. I can attest having covered him for many years. That is his true persona. One of the ironies here is initially, Daniel, uh, there was a claim of mistaken identity. Now, I've been told David Ortiz is more popular than the president and the Dominican. And not only that, he is a giant, a mountain of a man. Could that yeah. be possible? Mistaken identity. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, everyone I talked to in the DR, I mean, it, aside from the couple of people that I mentioned, uh, you know, in part of the piece when I'm, when I'm talking about going to some of his old neighborhoods, you know, who say that they believe the authorities version because, you know, uh, they claim to, you know, because, because saying that you don't believe the authorities version is like saying that, you know, it's kind of like claiming allegiance to Ortiz, you know, you believe that it was a mistake that he had nothing to do with, you know, any, any of these, uh, rumors that came out afterwards, you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't think that that's possible, uh, you know, in the DR. He is one of the most recognizable and popular people, you know, and, you know, again, one of my sources said he was bigger than the president, you know, and, and one of the explanations that the authorities gave for this confusion afterwards was that, you know, maybe the shooter was was possibly on drugs or, or, or you know, inebriated or something like that. Um, but again, this is something that that like like some of these other things that have come out you know, the authorities have offered no, no evidence for it. There's no, there's no evidence. There was no test done about whether, you know, this guy uh, was somehow, you know, you know, using some kind of substances that would have, would have made him uh, mistake Ortiz for somebody else. And, and I actually talked to, you know, this is something that I, I didn't, didn't actually come out in the piece, but I, I, I ended up uh, speaking with a guy who, who was with the shooter for about uh, 15 minutes uh, after the shooting. It was, uh, the Globe interviewed him, uh, you know, a couple of months back, and he was just hanging out at his apartment uh, about two blocks away from the dial when, when, you know, the guy allegedly, uh, Rolfi Ferreira Cruz, just showed up in his backyard, um, you know, terrified. And, the, you know, the guy spent, you know, like I said, about 15 minutes with him. And I asked him, you know, did, did, he, did he seem like he was, you know, out of it or on something? And the guy was like, no, he seemed totally fine. Uh, he was just, you know, really scared. So that's that's the, that's the main explanation that the authorities give for this possible confusion, and also the 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 blurry picture and and the fact that maybe Ortiz was wearing some clothing similar to Sixto Fernandez. But you know, like everybody who's who's been following this, if you see pictures of Sixto Fernandez, um, you know the man who said who the authorities say was the target of the shooting, and David Ortiz, they look nothing alike. You know, it's a, it's a, he's a smaller guy, he's lighter skin, 
and obviously Ortiz is a you know trunk of a man, uh, you know, so it's it's really hard to believe, and very few people in the Dominican believe that that it was a confusion. All right, so then what what is your best guess or thoughts on what exactly did happen and why? Yeah, it's 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 really uh, you know. I think I think um, I heard I heard a lot of things down there, and and you know there there are a lot of people who who didn't want to you know go into specifics for whatever reason. I think I, I mentioned at the beginning of the piece whether it's whether it's you know not wanting to uh, you know not, not wanting to affect Ortiz's reputation, and also just for their own selves, and because so everything is so connected there. Um, you know, I think once you start digging and you see all these people, um, you know, I think as you go on, you know, you, this guy, this, uh, drug kingpin, Cesar Emilio Peralta, who, who, you know, some of, some of these, uh, you know, he knew Ortiz and, and there's, there was all these rumors that, you know, he was involved somehow. Uh, it later, you know, came out that he, he's, his sister-in-law is a government official who's, who's close to the president. You know, it's like there's this web of connections. Um, it's really hard to, to say exactly exactly what happened. And I, I, I think, um, you know, I, I talked to some really well-connected people there who, who you know, some of which weren't, weren't able to be on, you know, come on the record for the article. But uh, nobody, nobody really knows for, for sure uh, what happened. But I, I think as I, as I look at it in the piece, the people who think that, this wasn't a confusion. Um, you know, some of them trace it back to maybe some of these, uh, you know, some of Ortiz's social life and some of these interactions he, he had in the DR. Um, you know, not nobody, nobody seemed to say that, you know, nobody said he was involved in, in some kind of illegal activity or anything like that. Nobody, but it was more just about, again, the places where he hung out and the people he, you know, his life interacted with. And, and there's so many different, uh, you know, issues that might have might might have come up from that, and it's so complex, you know. And, and and somebody at a club sees him talking to someone and understands, you know, has a perception of of his relationship with somebody. Again, a security expert I talked to in the piece, Daniel Poe, said that there's so many there, possible the possible complexity behind the reasons for this you know, are so, are so deep that it's hard to, it's hard to get to it with so such little time. And, and it might take decades to find out, you know, the reality of what happened. Talk with, talking with Daniel Castro, who wrote this fantastic article on the Bleacher Report about David Ortiz and the shooting the Dominican. Uh, do you feel like he'll ever go back to the Dominican? Does this situation smell like some type of government or police cover-up? Yeah, it's, it seems like, you know, from talking with Ortiz's spokesman, um, Joe Paraline, it, it seems like Ortiz is going to wait um, before he gets more answers on on what happened before he decides to go back. Um, you know, because I, I think Ortiz's camp is really, you know, they really are still looking for answers. And, and, and until he finds out, you know, whether he was the, you know, uh, whether the authorities are, you know, telling the truth when they say that he wasn't the target, it'll be a while before he goes back because, because as, as his spokesman told me, he wants to find out if someone, if someone was targeting him, he wants to find who, find out who it is and why, um, you know, and, and his camp, you know, obviously, uh, working with, um, 
Ed Davis, you know, the former police commissioner in Boston, has an investigative team that's gone down there. And, you know, they've, they've, they've been in communication with the Dominican authorities and Dominican police. And I'm sure they have access to, you know, most of, if not all, the information that, that the Dominican authorities have been working with. So, you know, once, once they have a, a clear answer uh, or until they have a clear answer of what happened, I, I think it will be a while before he goes back and not, not because he doesn't want to, because I think it's, it's, it's obvious that he loves going down there and, and he, you know, he has a lot of love for the country and, and, you know, a really strong, you know, uh, obviously the country loves him and, and it's a big part of who he is. Um, so, but yeah, I think it will be a while until you get some certainty in terms of the cover up, you know, uh, I, I think the, 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 what, what can be said is that, I, you know, some of the experts that I talked to and some of the people in the know were, were that, you know, maybe more than a cover up. It's it seems like there was a lack of an appetite to explore some of these possible connections in Ortiz's life, whether it be, you know, just a casual one with this guy, Cesar Emilio Peralta. Maybe it was just, you know, uh, they lived in the same building for a while or or, or, or whatever. There was a a lack of desire to to kind of explore those connections, maybe, you know, possibly in, out of a desire to, to protect Ortiz's image, um, so that there's a feeling that the investigation wasn't as as deep um, or uh, you know a, as effective as it should have been. You know, that's from one of my sources. Another another of my sources comes right out and says, "Yeah, I think it's a, it's a big possibility that's a cover up." I think cover up is a is a really strong word in terms of the evidence yeah. that's out there. There's not a lot of you know, I don't I don't think anybody has evidence that, you know, some kind of information is being uh, held back or hidden or something like that. But again, I, I think it is just, you know, because I, as you know, as I say in the piece, it was I think it's it's about less than two weeks before, you know, when the government goes from this version of saying, oh, it was a confusion or no, or it was a, aimed at Ortiz to, you know, less than two weeks and saying, oh, it was a confusion. It was this guy, Sixto Fernandez. And I think the reason why people, you know, are so it's not only it's not only the, the fact that, um, you know, it, it seems like nonsense for them to have confused Ortiz with this guy. It's also that this guy was super easy to find. You know, it's, it's like, why would why would anybody, uh, you know, go through this and, and, and plot yeah. an attack so convoluted in such a public place when this guy is is. He's not, you know, a huge figure. He's easy to find, you know. So I think those are some of the questions that, that, that are being posed. It's a terrific piece, Daniel Castro. Thanks for being with us. Follow him at D-A-T Castro on Twitter. Appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Thanks so much, Dave. All right, Ross. Yeah, excellent job there. He's hired as our, uh, as our David Ortiz expert there. That was amazing. Speaking of hiring, we've had a bunch of really knowledgeable, in-depth guests today. We're doing a good job. Joey Gelman, Dylan Burns, and the guys. I'm glad we hired them at Radio.com. Radio.com slash home, Radio.com app. I bet you our guy Steve Jung or perhaps Mike D got him via ZipRecruiter or via ZipRecruiter. Either way, it's up to you. Cafe El Torres, COO Dylan Miskowitz needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company because he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. You know what he did? He switched to ZipRecruiter because ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. It's technology identifies people with the right experience 
and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates and you get them fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. That's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's really no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, smartest way to hire. Rob Gronkowski just nailed himself a big job, not via ZipRecruiter, but this time he is coming back to the NFL. Just not with the Patriots just yet. He will comment on the Patriots as part of his return to the game as a television analyst. He will make his debut Thursday night before the Giants and Patriots game, a game that might be ugly for the New York football Giants, who at this point look like they'll have no Saquon Barkley, no Wayne Gallman, no Sterling Shepard. They are a mess. It might not be even Ingram either. That team is depleted. Danny Dimes is going to get an education from the best defense in football. Okay, first or second. Maybe you put the Bears over the top. But, Ross, what do you make of Gronk as a TV analyst? Very entertaining guy. Insightful. Not always his strong suit. How do you think he'll do? I need to see how they're going to use him. Right. I love Gronk. Happy go lucky. uh, Funny guy. I, I don't picture him being in a role where, you know, people are really taking him seriously as he breaks down and previews games or analyzes games. And I could be totally wrong. Maybe he is going to be excellent in that role. I guess I just, don't envision him in that role. I, I envision him doing something more like with Frank Caliendo or something more that's yes. funny or lighthearted because of his spirit, because he's a funny guy. I, You know, it's almost like, do you remember when, what's the name, the real name of Cosmo Kramer? You know what guy's real name is? Like Michael Richards, I believe. Yes. Remember when he had the horrible incident at the comedy club and then Jerry Seinfeld was able to get him on Letterman, I think, to try to clear it up, you know, and he came on Letterman and he was being genuine and serious and apologizing and people were laughing because they only knew him as Kramer. And when he would be like, um, um, I'm really sorry. Like they thought he was like still in character. I guess I wonder a little bit about Gronk like that. Like, will we take him seriously when he, he doesn't take himself that seriously? I think it's going to be really interesting. 
Yeah, I, I don't have high expectations for Gronk as a television analyst. I love the personality of the guy and thought he might find himself as, as, as a more entertainment role. Yes, you mentioned Frank Caliendo. I thought you might find him in the WWE, even broadcasting that or, or making appearances as he has done before. The only really talented NFL analysts I've seen, and you're one of those, are people who are really hard workers, grinding out tapes, taking notes, really committed to their craft. And Gronk, as entertaining as he is, this really feels um, like a strange fit for him. But to your point, we don't know exactly how they're going to use him. Maybe it is as a personality. Maybe he's going to be doing pregame pieces, interacting with players. Certainly anyone wants to pay for insights about the New England Patriots and specifically about Tom Brady. And we know they're close. And specifically, maybe he has some insight, Ross, about how does Tom Brady feel right now? Ben Watson gets released. It looked like he might have at least some target at the tight end position coming back. And does he have any insights on whether Tom Brady wants to trade for a guy like Stephon Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, or A.J. Green? And that's where I want to wrap this up. Do you see them acquiring some receiver help for Tom Brady? You know, I'm not sure I do with Edelman and Gordon mm. and when Dorsett comes back healthy. I'm not sure I see them doing that. I got to tell you, though, this is weird to me that they cut Ben Watson. Like, I, I don't understand. They've gotten such little production from their tight ends. They obviously signed him for a reason. Brady didn't seem real happy with it. I guess my no. point would be, if they don't have a roster spot for Ben Watson, are they really going to be trading for a receiver? I just think it's, I think it's unlikely, and I think it's weird that they can't have give Ben Watson one of the 53 roster spots to see if he can help him out. I was shocked. He's a great character guy. He is a very talented receiving tight end, maybe not the best blocker at the position, but a guy that really would have given him a, an option at tight end and a teammate that he's experienced with that he knows that could be a leader in the club. Maybe they don't need that entirely. We'll try to get some insights tomorrow from Andy Hart, who is a beat reporter, is all over every angle of the New England Patriots. Also, Nick Costos. It's a free money Thursday. Nick Costos. And Brad Evans is going to tell you how to win some cash on this weekend's NFL and college football games. It's been a heavy hump day. Thanks for being with us. For Ross Tucker, I'm Dave Briggs. We will see you on Thursday. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.